On this edition of Oski Talk, we talk about the Illini football recruiting pipeline in Florida, Illinois basketball heading to Florida to play in the Emerald Classic, and Patrick got a chance to interview new member of the TBT team, Mike Dom. You're not going to want to miss it. This won't end well for Illinois. Here's a three. McCourt for the win. In the air. It is up. And it is good. Fourth and 16. Pressure comes. Emmanuel Bebe with the ball in the air. Makes the catch. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Oski Talk. My name is Anthony Pasquale with Patrick Hattazone, and we are once again joined by Mariah Guzman. Thanks for coming back on the show. No problem. Thanks. It's good to be back. We've got quite the episode lined up for you all. We're going to get started with a little bit of basketball talk. Pat, I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, the Illini are playing Florida officially in the Emerald Classic, and that's a big deal because, uh, well, first of all, the Illini getting playing in the Emerald Classic is a big deal because there's so many great teams in it. Um, but they're playing Florida in the first round. Um, what does this kind of mean for our difficult non-conference team? It's clear that Brad Underwood really wants to have a heavy, heavy loaded non-conference um, schedule. I mean, let's look, we've got Arizona still this year, um, this time at home, playing the Emerald Classic and then Mizzou every year. Yeah, I I mean, I, I'll start us off here, and I think it's personally a good thing to face some better competition because especially heading into the season where you fully expect to be in the tournament, you want to face as many tournament teams and beat as many tournament teams as you can to just kind of up that seed a little bit. And the other thing is Illinois playing Florida, those are two pretty big schools that don't play all that often. So I think it's good for, you know, rivalry-based, and I think it's really good for exposure same way the the Maui Invitational was just a few years ago. It'll just be also like a fun matchup to see personally. And because I was just like looking over everything and seeing that that was what like that's Trent Frazier's home state, Florida, and he didn't get any offers from that school, but he did a lot of showings for that school. So I think that's just something and a little story for people to look forward to and to see. And it's good out of conference play I think and it'll just be nice to see Illinois like face them in general and whether or not they win or lose Illinois will play either Oregon or Iowa State so it's going to be difficult to add one of those teams as well onto um, a pretty heavy loaded non-conference slate so look I I think it is a good thing Um, in the past we've seen John Gross kind of have easier non-conference schedules um and it honestly hurt us coming towards tournament time. But if Illinois loses one of those earlier games, you might see a little bit of a slide. So I'm not so sure um, you want that right away. We, I mean, let's take the uh, Arizona game, for uh, for example. Um, lose that game. You lost a little bit of conf- uh, confidence, it seemed like. Um, somewhere in, in, in January, you lose to Mizzou as well after that game. And then once Big Ten started really rolling, um, the Illini improved. So, you know, that's the thing. 
is it worth it to have those difficult non-conference um, schedules, even though it might hurt you um, when a term in terms of getting into a role and, and getting into the beginning of a season? Yeah, I mean, I personally think, obviously, I mean, it could hurt your record. You're playing better teams, but when you play those better teams, that's how you get better, and that's how you kind of end up in a groove maybe they they start their groove before Big Ten play and they're rolling even before Big Ten play starts because they got a couple wins against Florida and Oregon or Florida and Iowa State or whatever the case may be. I I mean, I, I get where you're coming from, Pat, and I could definitely see it, it you know, say they lose both games. It could kind of just be a, a step in the wrong direction, but I think there's a lot of potential for it to be kind of a springboard to success and then hopefully more exposure nationwide with some of these other big teams right is it worth the work up to that though like is it like what Patrick said is it worth risking all of those losses to just have faced really good teams and to just lose to them and then like where does the team go from there so I see what you're saying Pat it's a good question too because you know you take Maui for example Illinois played a few good games out there but they didn't come away with that many wins and you know if they did that might have been a huge stepping point to a a big season two years ago but instead they had a below 500 record and never really able to right the ship until too late in conference play so I I guess it could work both ways but Illinois playing Florida in the Emerald Classic personally I'm excited for it yeah and I, I would like to also mention this as an example Ohio State had um, a little bit of a similar situa- similar situation uh, earlier this year. Um, it seemed like they had a difficult non-conference, but turned out that some of those teams that they played weren't as good as we thought they were. Um, they s- skate by and, and were arguably the best team in the country um, going into January. And then when they hit the Big Ten, they hit a wall. Um, couldn't win a game to save their life. They they finished the season strong, but you know it there's an example of it right is is it bad then too to just front load bad and then once you get to the big 10 just get hit by a wall and, and not be prepared to uh face the 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 difficult conference schedule as well so um you know i think the bigger lesson of all of this is that it's a stepping stone into becoming a a more prominent program and i think it's a necessary one you look at the unc's the dukes the blue bloods obviously um they they play difficult schedules because they know that that's where their program is, and I'm not a hundred percent sold that Illinois is is ready to move up from where they have been in the last couple of years. I think there still has there still needs to be some work done, and um, especially next year when there's so many question marks, we don't know who's coming back. But view wink, this wink. as a as a stepping point, but we you know we don't really know. But also, like I just think that as people who cover the team and the team itself will enjoy the stepping stones, the fans just won't. The fans will not enjoy seeing the losses. But I think, like Anthony, you said, like the Maui um, time, it was just important to see them kind of be level-headed against those teams. So I think as, as long as it's that and it's not we're getting absolutely crushed and embarrassed by those teams, then I don't see an issue with losing. Like if we lost every single one of those like out of conference like great teams you know what I'm saying yeah I I get where you're coming from there because a a lot of non-conference is about exposure it's about hype it's about getting 
the selection committee to notice you, getting getting the the big, you know, the ESPN's college basketball shows to notice you. You know, I know Io probably won't be on the team next year. There's a chance Kofi will. We might talk about that in a couple minutes. But, <laughs> you know, if, if you've got Io in the Emerald Classic just lighting it up, you know how big that helps Illinois, just putting them – you know, we say it a lot back on the map, but you're you're front and center in a in a tournament like that. So, you know, maybe it's Adam Miller, maybe it's Trent going off in his you know, against his home team. Whatever the case may be, I think it's a great opportunity. And with that, I wanna touch on the wink wink Mariah said not too long ago. <laughs> there have been reports that Kofi Coburn is gonna come back for you two year two. Nothing has been confirmed. So we're not going to pretend it's been confirmed, but boy, what a boost that would be to the team next year. Okay, but do we think that, like, what are our votes? Like, I feel like we can at least. I like, think he's say coming that. back. I've thought that the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I 100% I'm, I'm with Anthony. See him coming back. Okay, great. We're all on the same page. Would you look at that? <laughs> Love it. Yeah, I mean, it's just speculation. He hasn't made his decision yet, but um, there has been some a little bit of tongue-in-cheekness to it and you know <laughs> a lot of people speculating so when he officially reports it we'll we'll definitely comment on it but for now it's just speculation mm-hmm. and before we get into our interview for the day I want to shift gears to another Florida topic this time it's Illini football and they got another recruit from Florida this time three-star wide receiver who has a great first name Patrick Bryant he sure does uh yeah, this is another Florida guy. Um, Illini really adding to a list of guys they've they've gone from uh, uh, Florida. And, I mean, of recently, it's really become a little bit of a pipeline. I think mm-hmm. you think of the guy, one of the guys who's hopefully going to have a big impact this year, uh, Mike Epstein, coming from Florida as well, and um, the pipeline that they tried. I I always feel like Illinois really tried to get a uh, uh, Saint Thomas uh, Aquinas. Um, pipeline in in florida and never really could solidify it um at least in the uh tim beckman um era but look it it's just kind of the way that i think college football is you need to be able to recruit a little bit florida and texas because that's where most of the talent is um you can't just rely on illinois uh, for in-state recruits and i think we've proven time and time and again that illinois is just it's not really, I don't know if it's not a priority or just something that we can't achieve right now, but it it's almost irrelevant. Like, I know we all want to recruit Illinois really well, but it, it's been clear that it, we can't for now. Um, yeah, and and if you can't, why not capitalize on some of those other states? You exactly. Know, the, the way we have in Missouri a little bit recently. Right. Like you said, Texas and, and now Florida. I, I have a question for you guys. Obviously, Lovey Smith is... N- more well-known for his time coaching the Bears, but he did spend some time out in Florida. Do you think, with the the Buccaneers, just to throw that out there, do you think that has anything to do with success in recruiting in Florida? I don't think so at all, because if it had something to do with that, then why wouldn't it have something to do with recruiting in Illinois? Like, right. I just don't yeah. think that there's... <laughs> Like, it, it means nothing, and maybe Bears fans are just still angry about never winning that Super Bowl, but <laughs> I have no idea. But I don't think there's any correlation there, and I think Lovey Smith's name would have brought in guys 
in general and I think from anywhere. So like if you were a football fan, yeah. you would just admire him as a great coach and like a defensive coach. So I think he's more relevant in Florida. Okay. Just yeah. because of, of recency bias. Like I, I just think that since he coached at least professionally at last in Tampa Bay, he's more right. recognizable. Right. I was thinking those but kids like, might have been fans, you know what I mean? Like well, how long? Did, well, how long up. did he coach there for? I think it was only two years, right? And he well, had Chris Conte on the team. It was like 2013, 2014 or something like that. Yeah. So, and, so like, let's say those kids are eighth graders watching the Bucks, and now they're ready to come to college playing for the guy who coached their Bucks. you know? We're like, putting in a the... lot of high hopes for these eighth graders. <laughs> like, Lovey Smith was in Chicago for, like, nine years. And True. I don't like that had held no weight. So unless like you really want to give these eighth graders a ton of credit, I'm I'm all here for it, Anthony. <laughs> no, I I mean honestly, like, I mean we all have fond memories of Lovey Smith, but um at least when he coached the Bears because we were all we we're all Bears fans. But <laughs> I I honestly could say like, is he that big of a of a Chicago Bear at least? Like, since he's retired, like, we don't really talk about Lovey Smith that much. Like, of the important people in Bears history, it's it's Mike Ditka. I mean, who do you remember you from, don't throw from that Smith Super Bowl? In there? It, you don't, but you don't throw Lovey Smith no, in there? No, I don't How think, do you I think, play, I don't what? think, I don't think when you're you recruiting Illinois, you, no, wait, I don't. Okay, <laughs> wait, when you're talking about recruiting Illinois, wait. So do you mean as a Bears fan, you don't think of Lovey Smith being a monumental part of Chicago? No, that's what that's what you're saying. I don't. I really I don't think, think so. Urlacher, I think Hester. I think mm-hmm. Briggs. I think exactly. Zeman. I don't think. I don't. Think I don't Smith. think Lovey Smith. I really Pat. don't. Uh, of of Bears coaches I that I think of, say... it's Mike Ditka. Okay, yeah, duh, it's Ditka. Well, I mean, eighty-five Bears. Come on, but like. You also think, how do you not think of Lovey Smith? What do you mean? Like, he can't just be excluded from that period. I mean, he's not, but... He's not excluded, but he doesn't jump to the forefront of my mind. I feel like The the way he might in Tampa. I literally... I'm just... I can't believe you guys don't agree that Lovey Smith was a monumental part of Chicago Bears. Like... What do you mean you don't think of well, Bobby Smith? It, he's not Bears? like top twenty. He, he's yeah. He's I think when you think of even the Super Bowl team, like the unfortunately I don't think history. Yeah, I don't think Lovey Smith is like the guy. I immediately was like, you know what? He's the reason why they went there. Like the player. Like unfortunately, I think obviously is the head coach of that team. He should get that kind of um, recognition. But the guys I think of are Devin Hester. Um, right. Urlacher, sadly Rex Grossman, <laughs> sexy. Because he was the yeah, because he was he was <laughs> yeah. the quarterback. Like un- unfortunately, like I just don't think of of Lovey like that. Um, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. You're right. I, I don't, don't even think Jay Cutler thought of Lovey like that. So, <laughs> right. And there's another guy I think of just because of the absolute. The the thing is, and you know what it, it probably is, is because Lovey Smith doesn't really have an attitude or like he doesn't have like a. Um, a dominating yeah. personality. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. I. I mean. I, I. I see that. I just think that. I don't think he can be like excluded from it. Period. And I don't think that. 
Tampa Bay fans are like going to think of him more than Bears fans are. I don't know. Whether or not Lovey Smith and his tenure in Tampa Bay had anything or has anything to do with it, Illinois has been really hitting Florida very well in terms of recruits, and they got another guy. Okay, well, we actually agree on this point, Anthony. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think that I think Bryant is is solid. I I watch his tape, and I think he can handle coverage pretty well. I think he consistently fills in the gaps, but I do think filling in the gaps is obviously going to be a lot more of a challenge for him when he goes and plays college ball. But he's six three and like one eighty something, one eighty seven, I think, and. Like, that's great size and height, and he's fast, so I think that's great. I Like, throughout his tape, I never saw him run ahead of a play. Like, he was always with it in position, like, right where the quarterback needed him. And I think also, like, Bebe and Smalling are going to be gone by the time they get he gets there, so we need somebody there. And I think he had a little hint of like what Bebe can do. So I thought that was nice. And it's just like a good addition for Illinois in general. The The Bebe comparison is spot on. Thank you. The, first of all, <laughs> as a raw player, 6'3", 185 as a junior in high school is huge. Um, so, and, and the you know, it's shocking he's a three-star. I mean, 6'3", 185, that's awesome. Um, so he's probably a little bit of a raw talent. They're going to have to probably coach him up a little bit more. I think you're right there. Um, but if he could add another 20 pounds, he could easily replicate what Josh Matterbebe does for the Illini. Yeah, I mean, looking at it right now, I think is more of your prototypical like physical jump ball guy, and I have Bryant being more of a burner. I think he can, um, I think he can hit the seam really well down the field, and I think if Isaiah Williams is the guy back there, in a couple of years, that could be a nice combo. But like you said, if he could throw some weight on and develop a little bit, they could have an, another baby in the making, which is scary for Big Ten defenses. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. If he if he ends up being the speed guy, which um, I, I'm, I think is what he is right now um, in high school, yeah, you're right. Um, I think 185 is probably not, not too bad. Maybe he gains five more pounds. But if he wants to be that uh, get-up-and-jump ball kind of guy, adds another 15 pounds of muscle, like he could easily be that guy. And we'll see what the future holds for Bryant. But before we let you guys all go here on Oski Talk, we do have an interview for you. I'll let you take it away, Pat. Up next, we got uh, latest House of Pain edition Mike Dom, former South Dakota State Jackrabbit. He's on the all-time scoring list at number seven, right behind Doug McDermott uh, for all-time uh, career scoring list in uh, NCAA basketball. He's surpassed guys like Larry Bird, Oscar Robinson. So really nice to catch up and talk to him for a little bit. Here it is. This week on Oski Talk, we are joined by Mike Dom, the newest addition to the House of Pain uh, basketball team uh, the TBT for the TBT tournament. Uh, Mike, first off, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, definitely glad to, you know, be back in the States from, you know, being overseas, playing there, and uh, just kind of enjoying time with my family and just glad I uh, I have access to a gym right now. Yeah, I, we've been talking to some other guys on the TBT team, and I, I think they all are happy. They've also recently been uh, getting into the gym. So, uh, yeah, it's nice that things are kind of opening up a little bit more. 
Yeah, for sure. You know, this is a this is definitely a crazy time. Time to you know just reflect, spend time with your family, make sure you're with your loved ones. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's awesome that you know TBT is going to be kind of the first basketball thing that's going to get rolling, and uh, all eyes are definitely going to be on it on ESPN. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. And and for those who don't know, you are one of the all-time leading scorers in NCAA history. You're at number seven on that list. Let's kind of talk a little bit about your career um, at South Dakota State. You were recruited and then you redshirted. Obviously, were you just not kind of ready to uh, be playing um, right away? Yeah, I really wasn't ready at all. Uh, For me personally, you know, coming out of high school, I was kind of this, you know, just tall, chubby kid who could shoot threes pretty well. Um, And then going into college that first that first summer of workouts, I mean, I remember walking in and and just kind of getting the the crap kicked out of me, knowing I I have a lot of work to do. Um, But at the end of the day, you know, I still had that confidence. I still had that drive in myself. So I just kept pushing, working each day. Um, You know, that year I redshirted, it was a lonely year. It really was. You know, I was the only guy, you know, I came in with two other, two other freshmen and I was the only guy who redshirted that year. So I was kind of just by myself, you know, in the weight room before everyone else getting in the gym, just extra. And then on top of that, working out with all the guys. So for me, um, I just took that redshirt year and really, really used it to, you know, help shape my body for the physicality of the division one level and just get my, get, get my mindset right going into college basketball knowing, uh, you know, I just wanted to be successful. Mm-hmm. And what did that kind of mean by, you know, four years later, you're scoring 3,000, you've already scored 3,667 points. What did that kind of mean to have that success coming from the fact that, you know, you weren't necessarily ready right from the start? Yeah, uh, it means a lot. It definitely does. You know, it's something I feel like when I'm older, older, I'll look back on and think it's something pretty cool. But I mean, along the way, I have I have so many people to thank for that because it's not just, you know, it shouldn't just be my name on that on that list. It should be all my teammates names up there it should be, you know, the coaches who helped me in high school, my mom. Um, you know, everyone who contributed, because obviously I'm not I'm not able to reach that goal without having the right coaching staff, without having the right, you know, set of teammates who, you know, are going to make the extra pass to me so I can take the shots. Um, so it's not just me on that list. Definitely. It means a lot more. And I know I know guys know that I appreciate them, you know, all throughout my college career, because they're the they're the main reasons that I was able to get to where I am today. Yeah. And one guy on that list that I think you compare pretty closely to. Um, I'm sure Atlanta fans know pretty well, is, is Doug McDermott. You guys both are from the Midwest, played at Midwest schools. When you were kind of going in um, to the NCAA, did you kind of look up to him as a, as a model? I definitely did. Um, I respected I respected Doug's game, you know, to a whole nother level. You know, his ability, you know, kind of do what I do. I just like being try to be as, as versatile as possible. You know, he has guard skills and he has the post ability to, you know, take guys down low or to, you know, go out on the outside and be able to shoot over top of them or, you know, get by them and get to the rim. So I watched so, so much film on Doug during during college just because I did respect his game so much and thought he had, you know, just a unique style of play. Yeah, and, and some other guys that you passed up as well, Oscar Robertson um, and Larry Bird. What was it like to kind of pass up guys who are, are now Hall of Famers? Uh, it's a blessing. You know, it, it truly is a blessing to just, you know, be mentioned in the same sentence as some of those guys because those guys are true legends. Um, and then, you know, Larry Bird, I, I watched so much Larry Bird film just because I like the pace of his game. Um, you know, he kind of has this old man's game, used the backboard on, on weird, funky shots. So he's, he's a guy I definitely, I like to watch film on, but no, I mean, it's, 
it's a pretty cool accomplishment to to have my name up there with those guys. Do you have kind of a, a favorite Larry Bird moment? <sighs> I think honestly, I'm a big like just kind of weird trick shot kind of guy, and I think one of my favorite Larry Bird moments is just when he shot that shot straight over top of the backboard, mm-hmm. drained it, and then just ran on the court like nothing even happened. That was that was that was a, that was a sweet highlight. Yeah, absolutely, and. Can you? I'm just curious here. Can you name the guys that are in front of you um, on that all-time scoring list? I know Pistol Pete is number one. Um, man, I know. Uh, I can't think of the guys that he. We both got three thousand points in the same year. Uh, I can't even think of his name. Honestly, I don't think I can name anyone else but but Pistol Pete. I know he's number one. Yeah, there's there there there's some guys that um I sure as hell don't recognize. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, how did you kind of get connected with the uh, House of Pain team? Yeah, my connection with them uh, was with Mike Latula. Um, you know, Mike played for for Coach Nagy, and Coach Nagy was my very first year head coach. I'm at South Dakota State, and Mike actually came down to, to South Dakota State, so uh, I kind of met him, and, and our connection, you know, we just talked on and off, you know, the simple thing, followed each other on Instagram, um, and just, you know, followed each other's seasons a little bit, stayed in touch, uh, and then for me, you know, originally I was going to play with Iowa United, but then it started to look like they're on the outside of the bubble, so, you know, those guys were those guys were fantastic, the coaching staff and, uh, you know, the GM and those guys just keeping in touch with us about, hey guys, you know, we're going to help you try to find the best fit just because we don't think we're going to end up making it. Um, so for us, uh, it was awesome. And then Mike just, Mike, Mike, I think hit me up at the very start of the TBD, TBT and just was, reached out, wanted to say, Hey man, you know, there's a spot open if you want it, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, we're always available. And then obviously once the Iowa thing, we found out that he just hit me up again, shot me straight forward. And I think that's what I like most is he was just a straightforward guy. You know, I'm, I, I don't want all the, you know, the pretty things I don't want, I don't need any, anybody telling me all that stuff, you know, just, just talk to me straight forward. And that's kind of what he did. So for me, that was my connection. And I, I, I started seeing the, you know, the roster that they had put together. I knew some of the other guys on the team and I'm like, you know, this could be, this could be something pretty special. So I definitely think it's, it's a good fit and uh, I'm excited to play with these guys. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear. I, I'm just curious too. Have you played with uh, any of these guys before or played against them maybe? I played against uh, Mike Finke. Um I played against him because he played at uh, GCU his senior year, and we played them our very first game, um, either my junior year or my senior year, I want to say. So I played against him. We kind of got to know each other through that, and we same, same thing. We just kind of stayed in touch. Um, but other than that, I don't think I played against – I don't think I've played against any of these uh, any of these other guys. I, I've heard of them. Oh, uh, Matt Mooney, of course. I mean, Matt Mooney and I were big college rivals in the state of South Dakota. But I'm super super excited to get a chance to play with him. So those are kind of the the two guys that I know of really well on the team. Yeah, and and, and for the uh, Alina fans that don't necessarily know you, what do they what do they ex- expect to see from you, or what should they expect to see from you? Um, I would say just a guy with a high motor. Um, you know, I'm someone who likes to be a, a glue guy too. 
Um, I like to keep things together, and I, I believe, you know, in these kind of tournaments, it's going to be the team who, you know, is most connected um, on the court, off the court. Uh, I can just tell we got a good group of guys who are just going to mesh well together. You know, our personalities are going to click, and I think that's just going to lead us to playing well together. Um, for me personally, you know, you're just going to see a guy who's going to go out and give it his all every single play. Um, you know, obviously, I like to score the ball, but <clears throat> any way I can help this team, um, I'm going to do it. If it's passing, if it's, you know, rebounding things like that i just want to i just want to be the most you know all-around team player guy because at the end of the day i want to win this thing and i know that everyone on my team wants to win it too so that's kind of the main goal and I, a lot of guys are kind of using um the the tournament too to kind of get a little bit more recognition are you kind of doing that too i know you play in spain at a, at a super high level there too but are you trying to maybe get in the mind of some uh, nba executives I mean, that w I would say that that's kind of at the back of my mind. You know, this is this is a for me. You know, it's a it's a tournament for a chance to win. Um, and winning is, you know, at the end of the day, that's just what's most important to me. And I think the good thing about that is, you know, if you're playing well, your team's playing well, that's when you're going to get, you know, the most recognition and, and get recognized. So for me, I'm just going to, you know, focus on spending that time with my teammates, focusing, focus on, you know, giving the, you know, giving this house of pain team everything I got. And I know that, you know, things will take care of themselves in the future with, you know, in terms of getting out there, getting my name out there more. Um, but that's definitely, you know, it's in the back of my mind. But at the same time, you know, that's not that's not the thing I was thinking of when I when I joined the, the team to play the TBT. Well, it's, uh, it's great to hear. I know a lot of Illini fans are excited to see you out there. I want to thank you for uh, coming on Oscar Talk and taking some time uh, today. Yeah, man. Appreciate you having me on. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, good luck at the uh, TBT tournament. Thank you. Thanks to Mike for coming on the show. Man, this this TBT team is getting exciting. Yeah, it's gonna be fun to watch. A lot of guys on in, and this is just a great addition. He's a guy you're gonna you're gonna see a lot from. He's gonna be uh, kind of the motor of the team, probably. Um, he brings a lot three point shooting. He can rebound. Obviously, he can score. Um, but yeah, he's gonna be a guy who, I, like I said, he's gonna be a motor in, in the middle of the offense. So um, exciting to add him to the uh, TBT team. Yeah, looking forward to see what he and the entire team can do. But for now, that'll do it for this edition of Oski Talk. Thank you all for listening. For Patrick Hattizone and Mariah Guzman, my name's Anthony Pasquale, and we will see you guys next Monday, ILL. I and I. I.
I and I.